Sota Gimel Mishnaches 3.8. Since in the previous mission we talked about differences between male and female Kohanim, this mission will highlight eight different differences, legal differences between men and women in general in halacha. This is not a comprehensive list by any means. There's many other differences between men and women in halacha, but here are eight of them. The Mishnah says, Ma bain ish isha. So, what are differences between men and women? So, the first of the eight is, Ha'ish porea uforem. The rule is when it comes to someone who is a mitsora, who has tsaras, if they're a mukhlat, if they've been confirmed to have tsaras because the spot on their skin either has a healthy patch or two hairs coming out or it's grown after sequestration, the person becomes a, a mukhlat, a confirmed mitsora, at which point um, the Pasuk mandates that he has to um, be pore and, and porim. The Pasuk says, Hatsarua Asherbo Bahanega Bagadav you prumim. The person who has a nega, his clothing Bagadav, his clothing you prumim. Frumim means um they should be torn. Barosh oh farua and his hair will his head will have like unkempt hair, it'll grow wildly. So the point is that a Mitsoru Zamukhlat has to tear his clothing and let his hair grow. That applies to men, not to women. Um, that's based on the on the on the pasuk because the previous pasuk before the one is read to you says ish tsaruhu and that extra word that it's a man who's a tsaruah tells you this this rule of pre and prima applies just to men and not to women who are mitzurayim. Next difference is ha'ish madir es bano benazir vein ha'isha maderes es bana benazir. Okay, this was a mission we learned back in the fourth parak of Nazir, the previous masechta. We said there's a halacha lemosh misinai. It's not written in black and white anywhere in the Torah, that a man is able to commit his son, who's a minor, to be a Nazir. And by saying so, he says, my son should be a Nazir. That's binding on the son, unless the son objects um, either verbally or even if he doesn't act like he cuts his hair. Uh, Similarly, even if his, his relatives that object and say, what in the world? You can't do that to the kid, or why do that to the kid when they cut his hair or something? Then that would stop him from being a Nazir. But the point is that the father has such a capacity to oblige the son to be a Nazir, and that's uniquely the father's prerogative or empowerment, which doesn't apply to the mother at all. And that's the, that was just part of the parameters of the Halach Lomosh Misinai. And that's what the Mishnah says here. Ha'ish Madir es beno benazir. The father, the man, can make his son to be a Nazir. Ve'en ha'isha Madir es benazir, but not the woman. Next you have Ha'ish Megaleach al Naziros Aviv, Vein Ha'isha Megalachas al Naziros Aviha. So that was the next Mishnah back in Nazir, Perik Dalid Mishnah Zayin, um, which we had this unusual scenario. Usually when a person sets aside money to purchase Karbanos for the conclusion of his Naziros, if he dies, so that money essentially has specific instructions of what to be done with it, but um, no one else can use that money. There's a special Allah Moshe Sinai as well, which says that um, under certain circumstances, which are also in dispute, see over there, Paragdal and Mishnah Zayin of Nazir, um, the son of this fellow could use the money that his father set aside to purchase his own korbanos to conclude his Nazirus and use the money to buy his korbanos. Okay? That's a unique prerogative of a son, not of a daughter. And that's what the Mishnah here is saying. The words say inside again, Ha'ish Megaleach on the Zirus Aviv. The son can be, well, Megaleach means to get a haircut. But in the in the context of Nazir, Megaleach means the, what's called the Tiglachas HaTahara, the procedure at the end of his 
concluding of being an azir, which includes cutting the hair on his head and bringing korbanos. So the point is to bring the korbanos on the zeros aviv, he can use the money that was set aside by his father. Veina isha, but a w- woman cannot megalachas on the zeros avia, cannot use money set aside by her father for korbanos to purchase her own korbanos to conclude her naziros um, if it should come to that. Next you have Haish Mocheres Bito Veina Isha Mocheres Esbita. The Torah allows for a father to sell his daughter if she's a minor before Bas Mitzvah age into being an ama, like a, a maid, uh, with the hope that the person who takes her in or his son will marry her. So this is done out of a situation in which the father has no money to support his daughter, he's panicked about it, and he's concerned for her well being. That's the idea here. Um, so a father is able to do that, but a mother can't. He just doesn't have any authority to do so to sell the daughter. Um, that only applies, by the way, to a girl before she's bas mitzvah, 12 years old, hitting puberty, two hairs. Um, after that, at all events, anyone, any girl would go free, even if she had been sold in that way, unless he, the owner, the, the buyer, if you will, not owner, but um, marries her. Next, Ha'ish Mekadesh Esbito. A father is able to accept Kedushan to marry off his daughter. Again, here we're talking about a, a young girl. doesn't have to be just up to Bas Mitzvah. The truth is even to a Na'ara who's up to 12 and a half years old, 12 years and 6 months, um, the father could accept Kedushan on her behalf and make her married. Ve'na'isha Mekadesh Esbita, but a woman cannot do that, meaning a, woman, a mother can't marry off her daughter. Um, so just two points of clarification. The first is just make it clear. In a girl's life, she has three stages. Up to 12 years old, the father could accept Kedushan, but the girl can't because she's a minor. Between 12 and 12 and a half, she's a Nara, and the father could or she could accept the money or for, to become Mekadeshes. Um, and from 12 and a half onward, she's a Bulgaris, a full-grown woman, halakhli, legally, and the father cannot accept Kedushan on her behalf anymore. The second caveat is that if a girl father dies, and she only has a mother, so she's like a quasi-orphan. So that Midurabanan, her mother's allowed to marry her off, um, as are her older brothers, but she is not really bound Midurais to that marriage. So she could do and she could reject the man that her mother set her up with, um, whereas if the father accepts Kedushan on behalf of his daughter, she's bound by marriage and needs a, a full-blown get to get divorced. Okay, the next case is um, in the terrible situation in which a, a person does a crime for which is convicted with the consequences of skila, stoning. Okay, so skila in the Torah basically means a person, um, let's say a person worships idols, he was warned, he says, I don't care, he does it anyways, then he's punished, he's, you know, he's brought to court and they convict him. So the skila is, um, basically they put him on the, t- on the roof of a building, they push him off, and then if he survives the fall... He's pelted with stones till he dies. It's the worst of all the deaths in the in the Torah. So the rule is, a separate din is, that a person who's undergoing skila, so if he's a male, um, it happens to him where he's basically essentially naked. He's just wearing like a, a loincloth that covers privates in front, but the rest he's just he's kind of naked. Um, so the Mishnah here says, Ha'ish niskal arum, if a man is subject to, to skila, he does so... Arum means literally naked, but he's just with a, just with a loincloth. Ve'ein ha'isha niskelas aruma, but that doesn't apply to a woman. A woman would wear like a simple, whatever, frock. The next case of the Mishnah is ha'ish nisle, ve'ein ha'isha nislis. Um, so 
subsequent to Skila, after the person is killed by stoning, so then um, either in all cases or only in certain cases, the Rambam Apostle is just in the cases of of a Magadef and Ovid of Arazara, so someone who blasphemes God, using God's name to curse God, um, or a person who worships idols. So in, after, if they're con- convicted and they get skila, so there's a separate mitzvah to be told of them, to sort of like hang them up on a pole briefly so people can see them. You can't leave them there long, you can't leave them until nightfall, you have to take them down by sundown. And so but anyways, the point is that mitzvah of Talia um, only applies to men. Ha'ish nitla, ve'en ha'ish nitla, so a woman who's not doesn't get that treatment. Um, some learn that's based on a lemur from a pasa because it says Vasilisa Oso, you'll hang him up, uh, which is him and not her. Others say no, that's not really the real legal basis. The real legal basis is a Durabanan because it's simply too unsanua, undignified to hang the woman up like that. Okay. Now the last the last of the case in our mission here is Haish Nimkar Bignevaso if a man steals, let's say a guy has no money, he steals a car, and then he crashes the car, and then he's convicted. So he's, he would have to pay back the car, actually, and the truth is, careful, double the value of the car. Let's say he can't afford that. So now, what's going to happen? So how does he pay back his debt to society? He's sold into servitude to work off his debt to the person who was his victim. So the owner of the car would basically get this guy as a butler um, for some time until, you know, a year or whatever it takes to earn off the money he he owes. That's something which applies uniquely to men. Um, If a woman, uh, even if she got into financial trouble and did something wrong and stole, and she couldn't pay back, we still wouldn't sell her into into servitude. It doesn't apply to her. Um, First of all, um, before bas mitzvah shouldn't be subject to punishment anyways. After bas mitzvah, the rule is, like I said before, never we having any... Ama, any female Jewish servants passed by bas mitzvah age, so it just couldn't happen to a woman. It doesn't happen to a woman, and that's the last of the eight for this Mishnah that say differences between men and women.